We're rolling. What the fuck is up? You are listening to Modern Guilt. I am Hayden. He is Damon. This is a podcast. We're recording on Modern Guilt. We talk about what do we talk about? We talk about society and culture. Feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do talk about our feelings as well. So real man. Where, That's what this is. <laughs> I saw this really good meme. Um, <laughs> so it was a good meme yesterday Christ. and it was like yeah. like it formatted like a news headline and it was like Vladimir Putin I don't have bad days because I am not a woman <laughs> um, man they keep it old school though. like you know that's just some good old fashioned 1950s attitudes not complex. Yeah. No weird issues. Yeah. Things that I'm not going to get into right now. <laughs> no weird issues that they w- would admit publicly, right? Yeah. But I'm sure. I'm th- sure Vladimir Putin is like perpetually sad and like emotional. Do you reckon? <laughs> but because it, yeah, because it's just so like repressed. Yeah. Some people would thrive. You in know that what thing. I mean? Like he seems authentic to me. Like he's the real deal. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, I guess. Well, I suppose the alternative to having feelings is to be a sociopath, right? Yeah. So, like, maybe Vladimir Putin is just an, an authentic psychopath or sociopath or whatever. Yeah. Um, which I guess you'd have to be to, like, kill a lot of people. And run Russia. Um, or run any yeah. fucking country. You know what's interesting um, about that is... So we had our elections. And yeah. just to go back in. And, you know, the nation rejoices yada yada but uh mm. a lot of people big shout out to just by Jacinta. the way a lot of people um have noticed she's a lot more ruthless than she's like general picture that she has overseas um yeah right. she's effectively like shooting down uh she might still form like a coalition with our you know one of the minor parties uh the greens which they normally do but they don't have to because mm. they won by this like massive landslide um, and I'm sort of of the opinion that like she is a lot more ruthless. I bet behind the scenes, behind the curtains. You know what uh, I mean? Oh, I'm sure. You fucking have yeah. to. Be, man. You have to be like a little sociopathic to run a country. Hmm. Po- like it's such a cliche, but politics is a dirty game. You oh, know. Yeah. Um. You like you don't fucking get to where you get to by doing people favors and being nice. Oh, you don't. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that. She'll probably maintain the coalition with the Greens just for optics, um, just to like reinforce her very like progressive left-leaning perception uh, in the public eye, mm. um, and maybe kind of just pay the Greens lip service in terms of their partnership. Yeah, it'll be like a real bullshit coalition if it is one. It'll be like, yeah, coalition governments, air quotes, you know, like mm. sure. <laughs> We're not going to pass anything you say, but... <laughs> yeah, ultimately, um, the Greens will go into the partnership knowing that they're completely dispensable. So um, they don't have any leverage mm. in, that, in that position. So it's kind of interesting. Um, they'll basically, yeah, I think, just be kept around as tokens. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, but they get the, the hot seat. They get the glory seat. 
for you know other three years yeah they, yeah they exactly. can write up front which is good who's does has jacinda announced or has the labor party announced who the deputy pm will be yeah. I'll check the news right now, but probably not. Um, I'll race you. I, I like after the whole, I watched the whole thing uh, at home and that was fine. And then I like woke up the next day and I was like, oh, I wonder what labor actually stands for. So I fucking like, <laughs> went through their whole policy list. And I was like, ah, this is like real centrist, like way more centrist than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, the dirty little secret. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, they're actually kind of like, plain and boring um so the whole like transformational government absolutely thing, it's funny you know because there's like the collective scream of a thousand um uh, like i don't know regional elderly people uh talking about how we're gonna like descend into socialism and they're all going to australia oh yeah uh, but it's like dude they're like just you know so fucking centrist now that it's not gonna be very different to how we how it's been for the last yeah, three years, exactly. it's basically going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, like, I see the most extreme version of um, Jacinda Ardern's government being like a sort of, um, like a Scandinavian or Nordic style democracy. You know what I mean? Like, just a, with some, like, really sensible social policy, mm. like, re regards to welfare and housing and all that kind of stuff, um, which is, like, just common sense in my opinion and it's not like ideological at all it's just like a, a response to a pragmatic need yeah just boring that's why it's not really fun to talk about like new zealand politics because it's so fucking boring i mean the most mm. interesting well it's not i don't think it's that boring though to be honest because like those issues are happening all over the world um like australia has a housing crisis so does new zealand it's just the way it is for people our age at the moment i think true that's the interesting part and like um i guess mm. yeah so like yeah the idea of like we're gonna build new homes that's boring it's not like interesting to hear someone talk about but the the motivations and ideas behind it and the context that it happens within is pretty interesting yeah. um and how it's pulled off so yeah all that shit. i just read this morning actually like what i called on twitter the least substantive political commentary i've ever read i'm gonna find it again because i fucking forgot the name of this douchebag writer okay so it was written by this guy called gideon rosner who is the director of policy at the institute of public affairs which is some sort of australian think tank um but i'm pretty sure it's like a think tank uh or sorry like a lobby group disguised as a think tank mm. if you know what i mean so like his um commentary was published in the australian and uh, <laughs> i'm gonna find the title of it again yeah i was basically just like a completely um unbalanced takedown of jacinda ardern <laughs> so danger across the ditch as incompetent leader ardern wins office <laughs> and it's just like all of these like ungrounded attacks which is like what I'm hearing a lot of from like the sort of conservative side, people um, trying to like invalidate the election victory mm. and keep using like, yeah, like, so what? She got us out of COVID. Now the real challenge lies ahead. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Like no one's saying the next three years are going to be fucking easy. But like, do you really think that Judith Collins is the one to take us there? I don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I saw like some of that from Alan Jones. Yeah, some- who can <laughs> also just a absolute cockroach, <laughs> hey? Like, fuck off, man. Scurry back into the drain where you were born. Like, <laughs> just yelling from the fucking retirement home, eh? Yeah, <laughs> it's just hell. like wrote this big thing about I don't know what it even said, man. It was just such a load of shit about how like you know radical leftist Jacinda Ardern, who's tried cannabis, uh, taking <laughs> <laughs> taking control of New Zealand, and it's like, man, uh... you guys just like they're boring. You don't get it. Like it's just it's not going to be a very fucking interesting three years. I mean, it's good for them like you know if labor fucks it up that'll be kind of like the end of them i think but i think uh it's not gonna be super difficult to fuck up really they just kind of have to keep doing what they're doing and then that's it it's so plain and yeah straightforward i think like the coming economic turbulence though will be really problematic for them to navigate yeah one one thing that i've read pointed out which i personally don't have the facts on so i can't say you know whether or not i think it's true or not but if it is true it's a very valid point like apparently the new zealand labor government has like a really young um ministry like a lot of them are pretty inexperienced in terms of like uh uh, working as bureaucrats or whatever Mm. um which i suppose in the face of what might still prove to be like an absolutely catastrophic recession you probably want people who can like navigate that maybe um, but we've never been in this position before um and, mm. and i also call into question like the uh validity of experience within cabinet and ministry uh the ministries anyway like you know a lot of those old fogies fucked it up man they had their chance and they fucked everything up like yeah you know yeah, that like makes sense. christchurch true. was catastrophic and that was fucked up by all the people who were you know running um running the rebuild and everything and they're old as shit they're gone now so sick mm. um i kind of think of note um that i thought was interesting which this is basically like like the boomer apocalypse you know like the entire fucking uh government was just anyone who was old was just kind of like swept out in favor of younger candidates which is interesting i guess it shows like a younger voter block and more people leaning mm. towards uh you know things that were i guess more inconceivable to like the older voter block and is like a bigger ideological push and you see that with the branching of like people pushing towards greens and then people pushing towards Mm -hmm. like act as well you know like what was conservative is kind of like melting away um and instead people are saying well uh you know they either want some things that haven't really been tried before along the green path or like libertarianism um on the act yeah yeah which is cool i think that's Mm -hmm. dope um i still think that we need two different states though that's the only political thing that i actually really care about i've decided you know as in like separate the north and south island yeah but probably on a lesser scale i think you know like we talked about it last episode like i just want somewhere to go fuck up um Oh, you know, right, like, I get you. And the, there's yeah. still like a big dichotomy here of like the elderly who clearly want like a very conservative culture and people who want something that's, you know, a lot different. And we'll never be able to reconcile those two. And why even try? Like, why not just split it up? It might, it's probably not going to happen, 
you know, short of modern guilt making billions of dollars and us trying to like <laughs> secede from the fucking country, which um, I've got on the docket is something I would like to do if that happens. I don't think it will. But, you know, that that's really what would be better is like a nice agreement between a younger, crazier, fucking more mental state with less rules and one where you can like go <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's a yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I suppose the problem is most people just wouldn't want to leave where they are, right? Um, like young people would be like, well, I want to do what I want here. And old people would be like, I want to do what I want here. Mm. Um, so I guess like it's the problem is that it would be like geographically bound. Um, yeah. Which people have a problem with geography. People were like, no, I like the geographic box that I live in. And I don't want to fucking leave. I want things to be how I want, but in my box. That's a feature um, though, bro. Like, because then we can yeah. go and all the all the people who have the get up and go to like leave and uh, join this, you know, what quickly sounding like a cult can come, <laughs> can come hang out. And those are the people you yeah. want to be around, right? And then the rest of them can. I think this is. Shit. I think this is like the fourth time during the podcast that we've like gradually let a conversation just slide towards us starting a cult. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah. Which is kind of um, concerning. Like, it's a horrible reflection of yourself to see. <laughs> Maybe not, though. You know, uh, coming soon, the Modern Guild cult Patreon. So if you guys like that vision, um, please subscribe. Uh, yeah, we're going to uh, start out funding seeds for us. Um, and then once we've got, got the garden up and producing... 10 carrots per week <laughs> will uh will onboard the first cult member <laughs> that'd be so sweet like a little chaz like <laughs> like the north island or something uh Just what husband. a terrible fucking human uh <laughs> phenomenon i still like every time i hear about chaz i just a little part of my brain dies again like <laughs> um, that was a fucking shit, shit show but um <laughs> It's really interesting what you're talking about, like with the New Zealand election being like, I suppose, somewhat of a reckoning between, you know, the uh, the old, an old boomer government with outdated ideas and, you know, a whole raft of um, new candidates nor new younger candidates. Because like in Australia at the moment, a lot of attention is being paid to the New Zealand election. And I think it's because over here... Yeah, which is unusual. Um, yeah. I mean, can, obviously, we're really close neighbours and we have a really close relationship, but honestly, for the most part, New Zealand politics in Australia just gets fucking ignored because um, <laughs> well, there's this kind of like elitist thing in Australian media, I think, where they're like, oh, we don't fucking care. Yeah. Um, I don't think a lot happens here, I'm though, sure. man. Like, I, I know that may not be the, the um, most interesting or the you know even a correct opinion to have but i don't know there's there's no stories that i've sort of been like wow incredible you know mm, i think it's it's important though or i think it should be important for australian media to pay attention to new zealand politics because like it's informative um <laughs> and it's it's an opportunity to uh see how alternatives can play out in a really similar society so like what we're seeing now is I think a lot of um, conservative people in Australia are getting pretty nervous about the results in uh, New Zealand. 
I think like the mainstream media and the conservative coalition and government at the moment are like probably like quietly shitting their pants a little bit. Um, yeah. Like in the the ACT, the Australian Capital Territory, they just had their um, not state election, but territory election, I suppose, because it's basically a state, but it's not called a state, it's a territory. Um, and the Greens, I think, had like a three and a half percent swing across the board and won an extra three seats. Um, so they're now like in um, in partnership with Labour um, and are going to be running the ACT. Um, as you know, we've got the Queensland state election coming up mm. in like less than two weeks now on the 31st of October, where the Greens are polling really well. Um, it looks like they might pick up one or two more seats. Hey, yeah. I mean, it was mind-blowing that like we had like a version R R Amy McNeau over in New Zealand, um, Chloe Swarbeck. McMahon. McMahon, sorry. Um, who took out like a traditionally conservative area, uh, mm. you know, for the first time, like in years, man, like maybe over a decade or some shit. I, I don't really, I'm not going to fact check myself, but like um, just a long time, you know, and it was crazy. Uh, and it, that was kind of like a surprising moment for everyone where it was like, wow, um, I guess progressive politics are really catching on. And there is like a movement that people are sort of, you know, catching to. So I can imagine conservatives starting to get um, worried. You know, but the, I mean, they should be worried, uh, frankly, because it's not just a political issue that's happening here. It's the fact that like conservatism is like by nature, not flexible to uh, changes in the environment. And like we're having huge changes in the environment, you know, like like massive across the fucking board. So I think that's also yeah. why it's kind of slipping away, like the money that was um, traditionally tied up in it. Uh, you know, that was uh, comprised of like real estate and, um, you know, like old school fucking shares and different mining companies. And it was all tied to this like, you know, second, third generation uh, colonialists. It's whittled away because everything's starting to branch off and money's starting to get tied up in like um, sectors that are undercutting all of that traditional conservative wealth, I think. So I think like, you know, mm. as always, I like to you know, imagine that money is kind of like the ultimate dictator of where we go. I think there's a fuckload more now in like places like tech and shit like that, which is ultimately progressive and benefits from progressive politics, which is also where the, you know, title shift is going. Yeah, right. That's a really interesting way to think about it. I, um, I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. I had kind of seen it as a result of growing frustration with um kind of increased inequality um and i guess like the injustice that comes from just the hoarding of wealth by you know um one elite class but that's probably also i mean yeah i guess like the idea of follow the money is um is never wrong mm. right <laughs> yeah. yeah well i mean you know you see biden talking about the k-shaped recovery over in the states um, mm. And Martin Shkreli, I would highly recommend, we'll post it, um, but he did a really good analysis on the recovery over in the States and how, you know, there's a lot more gains being pushed towards stuff like biotech and tech, uh, which ultimately, you know, kind of like undercuts every other industry. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like, fucking tech is as liberal as it gets, man. Like, look at Twitter and shit, Facebook and, like, uh, you know, Netflix and all those people. So, you know, and they mm-hmm. frankly benefit from, you know, like I said, benefit from progressive policies and stuff like that. I don't think they're really harmed by a lot of the policies that progressives put forward um, quite as much as, like, more traditional traditional big business business and stuff because i mean they're all like you know like chloe swarbeck and the greens and like you know i i don't know about amy but um they're targeted at like old school industries primarily which is like real estate and mining and shit like that as opposed to uh trying to tax abstract industries like tech where it's kind of like well where the fuck does the company even sit is the kind of like the first thing you have to try and figure out and then trying to figure out, well, like, how do you make them even pay tax? Um, I don't think, you know, again, I, I don't have the fact on me, but I'm pretty sure that Facebook and Google and all those companies don't even pay tax in, uh, you know, New Zealand and Australia. They typically don't. Maybe on GST. Yeah, but I don't think they funny. do. Um, I think there's there's recently been action in Australia to try and um, wrangle tax out of those tech companies, but... It's going to be like a long, drawn-out, protracted legal battle, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. And by the time they end up coughing up the money, I'm sure they will have found some other way to <laughs> to pill for more to just uh, take We're not place. a bad company. We're a um, thinking company. We're not a thinking company. We're a <laughs> data company. Yeah, just like the endless yeah, fucking confusing exactly. of what they do, which is like kind of how they cocked Congress so hard, I feel when they're like doing all that um standing up in front of congress being like you know what's your business are you a data company and they're like uh mr senator we sell ads you know and then proceeded to like confuse the shit out of like all the 90 year old fucking senators there who um only just got like uh, you know nokia 2280s <laughs> yeah that was seeing fucking mark zuckerberg in congress trying to like communicate with other human beings made me want to punch him worse than anything else i've ever seen him do oh yeah like obviously i've known for a really long time that the guy is a piece of shit and that like there's no reason that i would like him um but just seeing him like squirm like the pathetic little fucking bitch he is made me want to just commit acts of violence against him so badly Mm. um yeah and just to see how unfit for the world he is i know man and like, um, like he's like not um what do you call it he's like his body isn't optimized for like human life um supreme overlord of the world would you rather have a bezos led uh world order or a zuckerberg one or a jack dorsey one like who's your um preferred um, I know this is probably unpopular, but I would pick Bezos. Um, and my rationale for that is strictly because he, I know he hasn't shown this yet, but the, the fact that he has this kind of space program thing quietly happening in the background and he wants to, you know, like uh, help humans leave Earth, um, I think points to the fact that there is some sort of um, altruistic uh, thread in his body. Um, and whether or not he wants to achieve those goals purely uh, in order to like shore up his own ego, that's totally up for debate, and I'm sure it's a huge part of it. Yeah. He just wants the, the glory of uh, being seen as delivering salvation. But I don't see 
uh, Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg really making an effort to even pretend that they're doing some sort of broader good. Yeah. Do you? Nah, man. I think Jack Dorsey is at least doesn't have the like weird um, social like cyborg. Yeah. That yeah. Zuckerberg yeah. Does, but he's still uh, like virtue signaling fuckwit. Like I think on Rogan, he said something like um, when he was on there, he was like, Oh yeah, I didn't want to go see Black Panther when it came out in the theaters because I wanted the African American community to have that. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? <fucking laughs> actual fuck? Like that just came across as like super racist, you know? Yeah, that is super racist. That's such a weird thing to say. Like you know, with his fucking uh yeah, just everything about him, man, is so like obnoxious. Like Zuckerberg mm. uh, is a fuckwit. But there's some stuff he does that is like, I, I don't admire it. I just find it kind of funny. Like, because he's so clearly mental and so clearly. <laughs> yeah, he is absolutely but fucked in the head. Apparently, there's a story I heard about when Zuckerberg and Dorsey met. Um, and Zuckerberg was going through a phase of not eating anything that he didn't kill with his own hands. Um, and he like invited <laughs> Dorsey over and just was like, oh, here's a goat that I just killed, you know, and they just sat down and ate, ate like a fucking goat that Zuckerberg had presumably, you know, like surgically dissected beforehand. That totally sounds like Mark Zuckerberg trying to just like reclaim some of his manhood. <laughs> Like, because he knows that he's just such a fucking meek person that he has to try and compensate by doing these, like, um, unusual, like, esoteric practices. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's like, yeah, like, I'm I'm doing something manly by killing something that I have power over. Like, yeah. go me. Yeah, yeah, I can um, see that. Um, and then just, like, yeah, posturing for all of his tech bros when they come over. Yeah. So speaking of Twitter, though, a, a, a recent development that emerged earlier this week sorry at the end of last week i keep forgetting what day it is for some reason i felt like it was a friday but it's obviously not it is, oh it's monday, monday so man my yeah my brain is also used mm. um <laughs> so this whole fucking hunter biden scandal like re-blew open right okay um and i don't know anything about it so i'm really looking forward to this i saw the story break um and i tried mm. to look into it and then became apathetic uh, mm -hmm. and then I can't really remember what happened in the last three days, but I basically just kind of like was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Just, you know, whatever. So, but yeah, yeah keen. Take it, take a pass on that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to, I actually want to know what's happening, but, um, yeah, mm. holler at me. Yeah. It's, um, it's really interesting. And unfortunately though, it's one of those fucking issues that can essentially come down to which side you want to take in terms of what you decide the truth is um because obviously we just live in this world where the truth is so fucking blurry and like the media can't be trusted no one can be trusted so it's basically like pick a side whatever helps you sleep at night and that's the one that you can yeah. just decide is true yeah um, i'm down with that and like ultimately, you know, the the con the consequences of the truth probably don't even matter that much anyway. They actually don't. Um, <laughs> it's so true. Unfortunately, not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, in a nutshell, um, and these allegations have been floating around for a really long time, but they've only recently been um, proven or quote proven uh, allegedly. So. Um, Hunter Biden was working for this. Mm, I'm going to quickly. 
double check the name of the company he was working for because I've forgotten. Um, so yeah, Hunter Biden was working for this uh, Ukrainian gas company called Burisma. Mm. Um, I'm sh not sure how it's pronounced, but B-U-R-I-S-M-A. Um, and he was allegedly being uh, investigated or like his company's activities were being investigated by this Ukrainian prosecutor. And under the Obama administration, when Joe Biden was vice president, um, they were offering a loan to the Ukrainian government to help them uh, rebuild after the war, the civil war or Russian invasion, whatever you want to call it. And then they basically, Joe Biden basically dangled it over the head and then laid out the condition that they had to um, like cut this prosecutor who was investigating his son in exchange for the loan. Um, so I guess it's a pretty like simple kind of deal that they apparently made. Um, and then that is in fact what happened. My son with a um, drug problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just... Who totally looks like he has a drug problem oh, too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That fucking hairy chest. Still like. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Hmm. Carry on. Any, no, no, don't be sorry. Now I'm just looking at him on Google Images, <laughs> looking into the the uh, dark void of his eyes. Um, yeah. So that's another uh, my my Google Image search wreck for the week would be just go Google Image search uh, Hunter Biden and just look at how dead inside he is. <laughs> So anyway, this fucking thing basically, you know, like blew over until um, the impeachment scandal came to the fore when Trump uh, assumed the presidency. And oh, this the whole was time before Trump, Trump was a president. Mm, yeah. Oh. So the alleged corruption took place under the Obama administration while Joe Biden was VP. Um, but then during the investigation into Trump's alleged misconduct involving the Ukraine and Russia, um, Trump's team um, unearthed or were provided these uh, tip-offs about Biden and Hunter. Um, so up until now, though, it was all just sort of hearsay until this fucking laptop, a waterlogged MacBook, was handed in at a computer repair shop in New York. And then from this computer repair shop, this information was supposedly recovered from the hard drive and then found its way to the Trump administration. No, sorry, not to the Trump administration, to uh, the New York Post, um, who then broke the story. Uh, but the, the writer who broke the story has ties to Breitbart mm. um, and the whole sort of like uh, right-wing cabal of Trump campaign aides and conservative media figures and all that kind of yeah. shit. Um, but yeah, so basically the New York Post dropped this story and they're like, this is conclusive evidence that the alleged co corruption um, between the Ukraine and the Bidens actually went down. Then obviously all the conservatives started running it, but then within like an hour or something, Twitter just like shut down all action on sharing those or sharing that content. And so did Facebook. So then it became a discussion about like, well, why the fuck are these tech companies censoring information that could potentially have massive consequences for the, the election or <laughs> for the interests of the American public? Um, it looks like since that has happened, the story has probably had 
some holes blowing in it. Um, and it was probably irresponsibly published by the post um, for a variety of reasons that I won't go into, but we'll, we'll link some articles that um, provide an o overview of the whole series of events. But um, yeah, um, for a moment, it looked like it might have been the sort of counterpunch that the Trump campaign seems to need at the moment, um, but it's probably yet to be seen, but it, I don't think it will so what, be. So what's exactly um, on it? I don't even understand what the deal is. So did they, they took like a dodgy loan or some shit? Is that what I'm hearing? No, so, um, so the US government was um, in talks with the Ukraine and about providing a loan to the Ukrainian government. Um, but Joe Biden said that he wouldn't allow the loan to be approved unless they, unless the Ukrainian government fired the prosecutor that was investigating his son. Ah, okay. Um, so the, I'm sorry, I didn't explain this part very well. The contents of the, the hard drive of the waterlogged laptop that were handed into this store apparently contained um, emails and PDFs um, and legal documents and subpoenas and some combination of, of those um, very important administrative sounding words mm. um, that essentially confirm that it happened. Um, right. But some people have suggested that the documents adopted or forged. Um, some people have tried to uh, dig the metadata out of the documents and yeah all that shit but it's one of those things that's just so fucking murky that i imagine it's impossible to prove one way or the other at this point um there was some sort of detail that emerged as well that uh apparently hunter biden had turned up at the laptop shop trying to like retrieve this laptop after the waterlogged macbook had been handed yeah. in but by then it was like too late or something um so yeah it's just Probably another one of these things that's just going to be like lost to history. And ultimately, no one's going to know what really happened. But yeah. just a fucking grand shit show and just like one more um, bucket of mud to throw on the election to make things even less clear. What a disaster. I mean, it's just such a shit. That's not going to convince the undecided voters who are really like the... Would it? I don't know. I just feel like it wouldn't. There's so much shit flying mm. around on either side that... Oh, man. Yeah. How could you... I mean, I think... What it could do, and I'm just speculating here, is I don't think it's gonna I don't really think it's gonna win Trump any votes, but it could be the difference between a, uh, a someone who's about to gonna vote Democrat being like, you know what, fuck this, I'm gonna vote third party, mm. um, or not vote at all. So rather than winning Trump votes, that that story could take away votes from Biden, um, which would ultimately work in Trump's favor. But I mean, uh, according to the polls, he's down by like 10 percent across the board yeah um, he was so it, it's, worse off in the polls back in 2016 so was he i think so i didn't realize he was quite that bad um, i thought he was way worse back but, then than he was now mm. um i don't know how much i That's, believe those polls they're totally wrong in the new zealand election you know they just fucked it up um did they? I thought they were pretty accurate. No, nah, man. No, they said uh, basically they're way off on Auckland Central with Chloe Swarbrick winning it. Um, right, okay. You know, they're way off with the fact that Labour was going to have a total landslide uh, and flip almost every single, like, electorate. Uh, you know, they're just wrong, man. And, and, like, you know, you see the way that they're conducted. It's like they ring, I don't know, like a thousand people or some shit, um, you know, landline and mobile. No one has a fucking landline worth talking to. 
you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. Whose opinion matters. There's total, <laughs> total like selection bias or whatever you call it. Um, yeah. I'm probably using the wrong term here. Um, so apologies to any statistics people who really care deeply about this stuff. But <laughs> I'm going to write a um, complaint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to complain to the manager at Modern Guild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Check your emails, but, um, Cam. There's complaints incoming. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's super weird that uh, obviously all the people responding to these polls are people that like feel some weird need to express their own view on yeah. it. Imagine doing a poll. Um, eh? Yeah. So Fuck I'm looking that. at the. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> astute observation. Yeah. I'm looking at the 2016 polling. Um, like pre-poll results and most of them had trump down from sort of between five to three percent oh okay so um, it is worse this so time. Yeah. yeah it's um significantly but yeah i mean we'll see yeah we'll yeah we'll see um, um i i don't think it's uh it's likely that he wins though um but i said the same thing last time around so mm. yeah i don't know i you have any you have any feelings? Nah, not at all, man. Um, I was trying to do one thing where I was looking at Biden's Twitter and seeing the amount mm. of retweets and likes and all that bullshit that he's getting versus Trump's, but mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a very standard worthy metric. Uh, that might just be the, you know, accumulation of bots pounding away. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> My finger's not on the dial, man. Like I I don't know, you know. Yeah, any, yeah. Any I mean extent. it's um even I think having your finger on the quote uh, dial doesn't even matter much when it comes to this kind yeah. of shit. Because like, what the fuck is the dial? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, the dial is way off, man. The dial's fucked. Yeah, yeah. Um, the dial. The dial quit and left. Yeah, it's gone. The dial is on annual leave. There's bigger forces at fucking work here. Is the way I feel, um, rather than what we're seeing go down anyway. You know, there's like a tidal shift happening uh, that we're in the middle of and mm -hmm. you're sort of catching like bizarre little glints of a machine too big to comprehend. Um, and it's bizarre, to say the least. Uh, very bizarre. I don't even know how to like that sounds, visualize uh, it. That sounds like an article in the works there, Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, I don't know, something that I'm Get right thinking about. Uh, it's like, I just can't understand uh, fully the thought but i want to try and flush it out a little more so you know mm. uh stay tuned um i had a thought recently and like this is just a really new thought to myself so like i probably just sound like some crazed fucking mushroom head <laughs> but um i was thinking because just so the audience knows i have like caved again on my like uh twitter craving i like deleted twitter or off my phone and wasn't using it for a while and then i just felt like i was fucking missing out so like yeah. a week or two ago or whatever i like made a new account jumped back on twitter and this time around i mean i think i'm just having like the twitter honeymoon phase again mm -hmm. but like i'm finding it really fucking exciting just like the amount of information swirling around and just like people's takes and opinions on things um and i had this thought that i think twitter is or social media i guess more broadly is a really rudimentary first step towards uh the collective human species developing some sort of um hive conscience or inner dialogue um yeah. and i think that like i was talking to a 
couple of my friends who have started to become really interested in growing mushrooms, just like normal mushrooms, not magic mushrooms mm. or whatever. And so like, I didn't know much about mushrooms, much about mushrooms yeah. until this point. <laughs> and so like, I didn't realize that individual mushrooms grow out of like a larger mass called the mycelium. So like the largest living organism on the planet is apparently a mushroom or a mycelium. Yeah, um, I've heard that. In like the Western United it's States. Like four I think kilometers long or some shit. Eh? How mental is that? Yeah. Um, and so I think that we can view the human species as uh, a bunch of individual people who represent the sort of uh, reproductive tool of the mycelium, which, so we're, we're the equivalent of individual mushrooms. And we are um, the tool used by a larger organism to expand and propagate mm. it. And this organism is now the internet. Um, I like that. I'm pretty into it. I Thank I kind of had a breakdown a while ago. Um, oh, I'm sorry to no, hear that. No, no, it was fine. Um, just, just like off the back of a just project. Just the, uh, the quarterly breakdown, <laughs> quarterly yeah. Break. Well, okay, so I've been, I've been working on a project for like a year and a bit, um, and I'm not going to get into the details of it, but essentially like uh, I'd kind of reached the conclusion and, um, well, just before I had reached the conclusion, I'd gone through this period of like real battles and everything and largely just hit a fucking brick wall um, and ended up in bed for a week because I was fucked. I was just like burnt out, depressed and... Uh, and I was like, feel like I was going a little mental, um, and started reading up on like accelerationism. Um, but not like the standard bullshit that you see around, uh, you know, and if you Google it, you'll see like a thousand worthless articles talking about like, you know, the new philosophy of white supremacism is, you know, accelerationism. That's not what I was looking into. I was very specifically reading the CCRP, um, and some other ideas on sentient capital. What is the CCRP? It's the... You, are you talking about the Certified Canine Rehabilitation Practitioner? Um, no, no, it's the Cybernetic Culture Research Unit. And they have Ooh. released... So basically, this um, dude, Nick Land, uh, came up with this idea of like capital accelerating um with no one guiding it to this sort of either mm -hmm. inevitable singularity uh or inevitable collapse um and yeah there's nothing you can really do to stop it and that's been like co-opted by you know i guess some like you know extremists who have been like we should try and collapse society so you know so we're gonna accelerate it but the shit that I was yeah, going yeah. to was just like the idea of uh, capital um, and, you know, various forces and companies and like the amalgamation of everyone working at some point, uh, creating this like larger being that was sentient and guiding everyone, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, what you're Yeah, well, about. that's pretty much what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think um, that if you think about and it will come as a great surprise to the listeners, but. I um, am not a neuroscientist, so I just wanted to preface that. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you think about the structure of a brain and um, how essentially it's a you know a network of neurons um, with signals bouncing between it, um, like human beings can easily be seen as making up nodes in a similar network, um, and communication bounces between us 
via the internet um, or through the internet, which is the uh, the basis of some sort of like yeah greater or larger organism or entity. I guess organism is the wrong word because it wouldn't meet the same like biological criteria. But um, it yeah. could do, but just um, not in a way that you understand, right? I mean, like you yeah, think about yeah, the that's individual a good point, cells actually. within your body, like you know, and provided that they had the ability to conceive what they are, would they know that they're mm. taking part in a larger process? that is you um you know like with that Uh, well i was talking i was talking to someone once about um the actual biological definition of life and i think it is that it has it has to consume it has to give off byproduct and it has to reproduce um so yeah i mean what what we're talking about could be an organism in that sense um this is getting um weirdly uh kind of dark and yeah well this is feeding super well into what i wanted to talk about shouldn't have both taken all that acid before <laughs> man <laughs> yeah my brain's been melting for three days this is just the fucking byproduct <laughs> uh yeah so i was actually really interested to talk to you about um perhaps hayden you'd like to have a conversation okay zuckerberg yeah i'd love one (laughs) we can all communicate freely with each other fuck that asshole though honestly i hate his morality sense i'm not going to go on that rant though um anyway so what i was getting you uh prior to the pod we were chatting about what we're going to talk about and you were talking about how socialism is potentially not dead and i said to you oh there's a really interesting conspiracy theory um that i had come across uh, that I was keen to share on that entire, in that vein, um, you know, that I found kind of dark and twisted, uh, that a lot of people don't really think of when they think about the, you know, rise of socialism 2.0. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's about the planned economy, um, as a result of like corporate takeover. So I was at this art exhibition, uh, in Wellington and they had a bunch of different things on um you know it was like a tech one it was quite interesting you know part of it was like they had like a google home speaker and alexa home speaker or whatever the fuck that one is called alexa like amazon's one and then some other like you know smart speaker thing all having a conversation um about how they're aware of everybody's choices and how they can potentially dictate it and whether or not that's like um moral or not uh which was probably one of the cooler art exhibitions that i've ever seen in my life um you know just the Mm. idea that someone had like clearly done some programming around getting these speakers to talk to each other and then each one like responding and giving its own dialogue was really really cool but a lot of what the conversation hinged on is the fact that these you know computers Uh, sorry these computers these companies know more about you than you know about yourself now that Mm -hmm. as i'm sure any uh regular listener would know was something that i sort of rallied against um with movies like the social dilemma and stuff and i still kind of stand by that point so i don't think it's contradictory uh and the reason i'm saying that is because google and facebook track what you click on and what you search right um, that doesn't mm-hmm. actually mean a lot. That's kind of you just like uh, enacting your like various impulses and whatever. 
Um, and if you look at certainly my search history or anyone else's search history, I'm sure that's not any indicator of like who you actually are as a person. And that's kind of why I don't think targeted ads work very well. They don't actually know who you are. They just kind of know your like various impulses, um, which you could say, oh, well, you know, maybe that's where they target with the ads. But, you know, I keep getting shit for like baby stuff or do you have a problem with meth? Um, and I don't have a baby. And <laughs> it's like, well, why, you, why? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. See, I started taking meth to get rid of the baby problem. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, there's like, they're pretty shit. Um, however, there's two companies that do have really good data on who you probably are as a person, right? So I like to think that who you are as a person is more about how you act um, you know, and what you specifically do, because you have to have skin in the game with whatever you do. Like I can walk into a room and tell everyone that, you know, I'm never gonna, uh, I don't know, like swear again, but that doesn't mean anything unless I like follow through on it. But if I like walk into a room and show you that I have like never sworn, I, that's kind of a shitty example. Basically, if I show you that I, like, <laughs> you know, uh, specifically how I have not done something or how I have done something, um, that means like a lot more. So what I'm trying to get at with here, if you can track how someone acts, specifically what they buy, uh, you know, which is better indicator of who you actually are as a person, probably your purchases, because that's you specifically enacting something as opposed to you mm -hmm. just kind of like being like, Ugh you know, our dog's gay, <laughs> you know, or like whatever you fucking search <laughs> or anything. Um, then you probably have a pretty good idea of what they want and everything. Um, so just before I dive into where this is going, I'm also going to preface this by like in standard economics, uh, there's what's called the social planner problem, which is that, you know, a central planner or social planner or whatever, basically a government um, can't perform the duty that a market does because they don't have enough information they you know so yeah. you know let's say that jacinda ardern's uh gonna be the crazy communist that all the boomers think she's gonna do and she says tomorrow i'm getting rid of like all fucking fruit and veggie stores um and they all disappear overnight and then she says well you know we're gonna have government fruit and veggies uh you know for for the nation she then has to go try and figure out like how are you gonna you know get all the oranges to make sure that everyone who wants an orange is going to have an orange and you know how are you going to get the right number of apples and, and all that sort of shit like that is an insane amount of planning like just figuring out how much to fucking buy so it doesn't go off you need to know how many people are actually like buying it and to get that data you know how the fuck are they going to do that nightmare you know what i mean because they don't have the exactly, right feedback. Yeah. They don't have enough data of people buying apples and oranges and potatoes. Mm. That's part of where you saw like Russia's ineptness when it uh, was, you know, running its own totalitarian version of socialism and communism is that like the fucking stores kept going empty because in part they weren't able to plan for like what people wanted and needed because they didn't have the right information. All right, I'm done. That's the fucking preface. <laughs> All right. Now. Let's get into it. Uh, part of this art exhibition is that there is two companies that now have that sort of information available and that can fulfill um, your know, act as the social planner and a socialist company state, basically. It's like Amazon and Walmart because 
they have all that data of what you buy and purchase. They know exactly how much collective want is for every single product because they are in every single fucking product, you know? Like, that's something that Amazon mm -hmm. does. Like, I, I don't think... I, you know, fuck it, I may be mansplaining here, I don't really care. But, like, uh, one thing that Amazon does is um, they track specifically how much... Because, again, preface, um, they look at, like everyone who's selling through their platform. So if I'm selling, uh, you know, like dog leashes on their platform, they're tracking like how much revenue I'm making um, as a dog seller on Amazon. And if I start reaching a certain threshold of revenue, then they enter the market and they start selling Amazon leashes, dog leashes. Um, that's so fucking smart. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's insane. Like that's something that they've done and it, there's a, it's a really funny, because for a while I was looking into dropshipping and I came across this thing and they're like, oh, you know, make sure you don't make too much money. Otherwise, Amazon enters and then kind of fucks your whole business model up. So what they're doing is they're always looking for who's making money on niche products. And then they just use their own supply chains to fucking enter in there. And they know exactly how much uh, quantity to get and then how to push it out. So they can like basically take over as the social planner. So the first socialist state could just be Amazon as it slowly wraps its uh, elderich tentacles around every single possible business and squeezes it um, until you have one company that knows all demand and, you know, supply issues all in one go. So that's kind of like part of the future of a fucking nightmarish socialist um, state that I think a lot of people like are don't really see um you know as something that could totally take over can you imagine that like everybody just a fucking yeah. <laughs> employee that's a really that's a really uh fascinating angle on amazon yeah. it's it's funny because like most people who are you know either marxists or people on the far left or whatever like just absolutely decry jeff bezos and amazon as if like it's the exact uh opposite of anything they could ever want to be um but it would be pretty uh comical or, <laughs> or uh, ironic if amazon was eventually the um the vehicle through which some mm. sort of like functional socialism was implemented yeah. but there's um, a quote just to end there there's a quote from mm. the movie network which i highly recommend everyone goes to check out um it's absolutely fucking brilliant this 1976 film uh where one of the guys is trying to tell um this tv personality what the ultimate end goal of all of these large companies working together is uh, and he says there'll be one vast and ecumenical holding company for whom all men will work to serve a common profit in which all men will hold a share of stock, all necessities provided, all anxieties tranquilized, all boredom amused. That's hmm. the potential end goal. You know, everybody a shareholder of Amazon, just within different tiers. Anyway. Well, fuck. Like, <laughs> I would almost buy into that, man, if everybody was shareholders. Like, you, like what you and I have talked about in... In the past, you know, um, if every employee was given like stock options in the company they worked for, like I would be so much more in favor of capitalism. Well, you know, I like to paint that as um, probably the most viable form of socialism I think I've seen pop up uh, in the sense that mm. it would work, you know, like 
They would. They would know exactly what you want. They'd know what your purchases are. Um, and you just kind of have to sit back and let Amazon send you your, like, you know, pre-planned fucking list of shit that you buy every single week. And then you go work in your, like, little Amazon fulfillment center and then go to Amazon dating and you can have your Amazon <laughs> and fucking live your nice little Amazon life, you know, and retire on the fucking one company pension. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> See... Like, while it's all, uh, all so possible and seems so within reach, you, it, I guess, like, it raises the question of, like, the spiritual crisis of, of humankind, right? Yeah. Like, um, there's, I can't remember what the sort of, uh, I guess, original name for this idea was, but, and I, <laughs> I also cannot remember the fucking people who came up with it, but... I'll try and find a source um, and share it in the notes. But basically, there's this idea that once um, technology reaches like a, a certain level, um, so say say if like you know eighty percent of all labor is automated, um, and then humans find ourselves with all the spare time on our hands, like will we reach like this kind of creative or spiritual plateau where we just like die <laughs> or like <laughs> just our, like our intellect dies away or whatever because we we have everything provided for us so we don't have the drive or hunger or the curiosity that has allowed humans to i guess flourish if you want to use that word uh, up until this point I think flourish would be the right term to describe human progress up until like 1840. Um, and then I would probably call it more of a calamity. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, look at what we're doing. You know, like I, I don't think there's anything that I need to be doing in the fucking labor market. And, and I think everyone needs to, well, not everyone, like read it if you want, don't if you don't want to. But um, the fucking latest Martin, Sh well, the, Martin Shkreli uh, released this fantastic blog that kind of touches on this whole thing um, that I, I think is really worth reading um, about just how tech is fundamentally cutting demand out from other sectors. Like, you know, you hear a lot about like, oh, we'll automate all the jobs away. But what's not discussed that I think he hit the nail on the head on is the fact that it's like there's just less money going to these other sectors because of tech and biotech. You know, like you take some fucking pills and there's better information out there. You don't need to go see a like doctor 90% of the time now. I only go to see a doctor if I need a very specific drug, you know, and even then they don't give it to mm -hmm. me. So I go somewhere else. But like. <laughs> that was that was the biggest take. <laughs> uh, that took me a moment to get what you were uh, saying. Um, that was my biggest takeaway from this article as well, actually. And I like I have this paragraph up here because I kept it open in my browser because like it. I found it really interesting um, and like I'll, I'll quote here um, the biggest healthcare question of our time is will AI and other software or hardware solutions break or disrupt doctor nurse wage inflation that's it medicines are the most efficient cost saving de device in healthcare but we have an image of physicians and other caregivers that needs to change no one wants to tell the inconvenient truth Technology can overlap and replace as much as 50 to 80% of the cost basis of physicians, nurses, and other caregivers, which is the bulk of healthcare spending. No one likes to pick on caregivers, but that's where things are going. And I think at some point in the next 20 years, year over year, healthcare spending will turn negative and stay that way. 
This will be someone's net income and will continue to see the drain of earnings flowing from employees, people, to companies, not people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he, that's a lot yeah. to fucking think Honestly, about. Honestly, that whole article just kind of blew my mind when I read it. Um, it's also pretty funny. Me as well, Yeah, dude. he's great, man. I've always had a soft spot for Shkreli. He got fucking brutalized um, for being a dickhead, which he is, uh, you know, so it's kind of like fair enough, but... Um, mm. Also, he's incredibly intelligent, and um, the whole start of the article is worth reading. Like, it's hilarious where he's talking about, like... Yeah, his just... time in jail and stuff. <laughs> yeah. His, like, observations on prison culture. Yeah, you um, know, as, a, like, a super nerdy, uh, mildly socially inept individual stuck in, like, a... Yeah, yeah. Around. But, yeah, no, I think that is one of, like, the big questions that's going to pop up, you know, is it's not as... it's also just about the fact that people have less desire for other things. I certainly feel like um, the moment I kind of got over wanting stuff, um, most of my spending dropped away, you know? Like I just don't really need much because it's so fulfilled. I'm endlessly entertained by like, you know, the internet and whatever I want. If I need distraction, it's on tap and it's free. Uh, And Mm. I don't, aside from that, like, you know, I'm pretty fucking healthy with what I can look up. I'm not sitting there trying to like, you know, read weird nature shit. I honestly just read kind of like <laughs> fucking WebMD if I have a problem and 90% of the time it solves it. And if it doesn't, then I'd go to a doctor. But like back in the day, I would go to a doctor way more. What happens when they're disrupted, you know, in this way, in the way that it's kind of like the slow um, uh, stopping of, I'm too fucked up to like know the right word, but you know, like as patients slowly stop going to them and then their incomes are going to suffer, that's going to be fucked. Yeah. And then like, yeah, absolutely. I think it's ultimately good. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, just, just, just quickly. I think it's ultimately good because like, you know, these other companies are all focused on uh, making us healthier for less, uh, which is good, but it's also going to be a horrific transition period. Anyway. Mm. Um, this uh, feeds back into what we mentioned earlier about like uh, big tech companies not paying taxes in the likes of Australia or New Zealand and having to to wrangle the tax out of these companies because obviously if they're um, raking in more and more of like the profit share um, we're seeing less money flowing to the likes of doctors or employees in other areas um, and we're going to need to figure out how to support these people. And like, I think like a universal basic income of some sort is probably going to have to be implemented in the near future. Yeah. Um, now imagine if that looks like, uh, you know, everyone owning a share in the three top companies that end up forming and then your fucking UBI, your universal basic income is just like a dividend that you receive from their like huge amount of profit you know it's like Mm. i don't know like that's something that would that um i I think that's like you're thinking along like a really interesting line but would would something like this raise issues with like efficiency and competitiveness um i mean yeah it definitely does uh it raises huge amounts of issues because we have like single points of failure now you know like if amazon's infrastructure goes down which it has before, yeah. um, then 30% of the internet goes down because we're all on fucking Amazon servers, you know? 
Uh, if they have a bug or someone hacks the database or, you know, like it's horrendous. So that's one thing that's a disaster in the, in the making. You never really want a single point of failure. Um, it's just stupid. Uh, and then <laughs> also, yeah, it's, it, it would probably become uncompetitive um, unless they can retain this weird platform thing where they're sort of just like, you know, there's still small business and they're just like preying on them to fucking kind of do the hard yards of figuring out like what is efficient and what's not efficient. And then Amazon just takes the rest of the pie and leaves them to make like their 200k a year or whatever. Mm, yeah. So yeah, you would still be free to pursue whatever sort of like um, market activity you wanted as an individual or small business, but just with the acknowledgement that you can't actually compete. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, within the Amazon casino, you're only ever going to like, mm. you know, you're never going to win, but you might make enough to buy another share mm. and increase your UBI by like 20 bucks a week. <laughs> Yeah, this does sound really fucking bad. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's hell for ideas. Mm. I think is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. It's hell for progress. Well, um, true. You touched on an interesting thing where you're saying like this is fuck. We started it in a really good way because like Bezos as an overlord, at least he doesn't really seem to give a fuck what you say. Like he's reasonably neutral. It feels across most fields. Like imagine a Jack mm -hmm. Dorsey, you know, fucking like world where you're policed by his like he's a uh, you know like a he would just want to control your thoughts that'd be horrible you know like what you can and yeah can't like on twitter that sucks like every time you get on the train or the bus you have to like high five a, a gay person <laughs> <laughs> take the knee <laughs> yeah. oh dude yeah you get some like virtue points um so you yeah. can go buy some more fucking I don't know. Oh, it's just or uh, like every um every straight white male would just be assigned a random new minority identity. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think on your driver's license, <laughs> you're now a, a gay Hispanic woman. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the rest That'd of your life. So I'd enjoy that. Uh, but yeah, fuck. I I'm way more concerned about those motherfuckers. But I also think that like something is really incompetent to me about twitter and facebook and stuff like i feel like they're getting more and more incompetent and they're also it's impossible for them to dominate the space because a competitor can just sort of like pop up like tiktok and take over or snapchat or something like that and there's like no cost to me switching over to those platforms mm. i don't think though that tiktok or snapchat threaten twitter in terms of its its monopoly on exactly what it has you know what i mean mm. um i don't think an alternative platform can Obviously, they can provide people new tools and new means of communication, but I don't think there is going to be a competitor that dislodges Twitter as the global arena for discourse. Maybe not, but if they keep going with their censorship, you know, and getting to the point where it's so mm. censored that you can't really do anything, um, what's yeah. to stop someone else saying, all right, fuck it, I'm just going to clone Twitter. And, you know, they already have those right wing ones. Um, I haven't checked them out. Yeah, which, which are, no, neither have I, but they do sound fucking shitty. Yeah. That's the thing. Like 99% of people would still prefer to use some form of censored Twitter rather than some um, hate speech free for all. Yeah. And just like hundreds of photos of like bleeding dicks <laughs> just all over your newsfeed or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like <laughs> hate symbols. Yeah, I, I think though Jack Dorsey 
no longer holds a controlling share or anything in Twitter, does he? Surely. I think he, yeah, he's, he's the CEO. Um, pretty sure he does. He's definitely involved. He was talking about wanting to make a decentralized Twitter anyway, because he's pretty into that sort of thing, which is quite yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I agree. It's like Twitter will um, be censored and then they'll just have this clone um, that they're going to open source and it's going to be like the wild west of presumably racism and um, dick pics and, you know, OnlyFans just garbage it's essentially just <laughs> yeah. gonna be like twitter does need uh so. more more dicks yeah yeah that's the problem these days i don't have dicks and stories about hunter biden so bring uh, that up where where are the hunter biden dicks <laughs> we need um <laughs> i mean some i think some photo surfaced of him like snorting coke off a hooker's ass or something <laughs> it's just one of those things eh, where i'm like maybe Maybe it's deep fakes. I don't care enough to like find out. Um, and it's... also, if it's not, I mean, if it is deep faked, like it's still spiritually real. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Hunter Biden just like emanates that vibe anyway. Yeah. So you're like, oh yeah, that's real. Yeah. Um, that's the thing, man. They can. It doesn't matter to me if we conclusively find out that like Joe Biden has dementia or not because to me there's no difference it doesn't even matter if it's real like it's just the damage is done and we all kind of just fucking expect it now you know what i mean and it doesn't matter mm -hmm. if trump got pissed on by a hooker like i don't care if that's real or not i also just have this opinion that oh yeah maybe it happened probably if the video surfaced of him getting pissed on i kind of be like oh maybe mm -hmm. might be fake news um, I, I also just don't fucking give a shit you know I think, you know, maybe the, uh, the real threat of so much uh, unreliable media misinformation and polarization is just like the great apathy. Yeah, true. You know, maybe 2020 is the decade where we all just stop caring. We all fucking go to sleep because we're sick of being fucking stimulated, um, which would be like worse than all having really strong opinions. Maybe. Yeah, well, it really fucks with um, democracy, that's for sure. You know, like you just can't yeah, make an exactly informed right. decision. I was sort of like, oh, it doesn't even mm. matter for a while. But now I kind of think like, actually, it kind of ruins the entire system. It really does fucking matter, yeah. Because, yeah. um, you know, anyone can really take charge. You know, and there's just no way. Like if someone comes out with a thing saying that the next American leader is like a pedophile and, you know, half the population's immediately going to be like, yes, and half the population's immediately going to say no, regardless of like it being true. <laughs> what sort of fucking situation is that? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Mm. you can't even like figure out if that's real or not how insane you know so uh on the topic of you know the uh fall of the empire i read this morning on the um south china daily news nice. that the chinese military is like in the middle of this massive build-up um across the sea from taiwan to like possibly prepare for an invasion um and that is concerning to me <laughs> I, I um it's concerning because right now would be such a great time for them to do it oh yeah 100 percent. yeah um because nobody would fucking well, care you know they'll probably just do it like the way they did with hong kong it won't be like an overt invasion right it'll probably just be one of those things where like chinese fucking um sleepers just kind of enter the populace and remove all the books on democracy and then all of a sudden mm. people are getting deported and they don't know where they're going. Do you reckon or do you reckon it would be well, like an um, old school like Nazi Germany thing? Well, this is like a full on arms build up, dude. They have like 
tens of thousands of dudes <laughs> kind of just like across the fucking strait. Um, I can't remember the name of the strait between um, Taiwan and China, but yeah, like they, they've refitted their bases with all of these uh, state-of-the-art ballistic missiles and shit um, and have just like publicly outlaid um, their capacity to take the island at, at will. Um, and like Taiwan's only um, bargaining chip against China has been like a US guarantee that if China ever invaded uh, Taiwan, then the United States would intervene. But I don't know if I could see that happening right now. No, I mean, it's a disaster right now. That's true. Like, especially leading up to the election. So this is, I wasn't actually going to bring it up, but um, I came across this conspiracy theory last night, right? As a oh, yeah. policy. <laughs> and, you know, this kind of happens enough uh, to anyone wondering because of the trash that I consume. Um, it's as bad as my, like, IRL diet. My media diet is just so fucking bad. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Um you know those uh you know that show Our Real Monsters that like oh I'll send you a photo of it right now. Right. Um it's these monsters that just like live in a rubbish dump and like eat trash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I think you'll recognize it if I send Sweet. it to you. <laughs> um you just I wonder if uh if you've like found your soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I left home at like 18 or whatever i've just slowly become more and more of like a trash person of just like eating oh dude fuck that's old school ass that fucking show is oh, dope man, though, I'm right? totally check that out again yeah fucking a mm. yeah that's totally who another um, another good one from the same era is uh rocco's modern life man oh i love that show that was dope man i used yeah that was fantastic Good nostalgia right there. Um, Fucking next man. time I'm hungover, I'm going to binge that all day long. Rocco's Modern Life. Um, Only four seasons of Rocco's ever came out. That's sad. Yeah, they should have done more, but mm. we're not going to get it anymore. It's gone. Anyway. Um, you know, I just want to quickly <laughs> read you the plot synopses for Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> Go on. Rocco is a wallaby who has moved from his native Australia to the United States, but life in the States isn't as idyllic as he had hoped it would be, for he is surrounded by annoying neighbours, tons of laundry and life issues in general. <laughs> by Rocco's side to help him over the obstacles and through the challenges life throws at him are his best friend, Heifer, a dim-witted bovine, his canine companion, Spunky, and his neurotic buddy, Philbit. Does that predate Crocodile Dundee? Because that kind of just sounds like Crocodile Dundee to me. Um, That's a, a very interesting observation. <laughs> um, no, it does not. By the way, how Crocodile... good was Crocodile Dundee? Did you... Where do you rate it? Uh, I don't think I've ever actually seen it. Oh, hey. man. Um, I, like, rewatched it when there was some controversy around it that uh, I think... What controversy is around Crocodile Dundee? Uh, there was, like, some thing that came out about it being like transphobic or some shit um because of like a very particular scene in it but, right yeah sure. i saw also like i don't know why i saw it or how i came across it i can't remember but someone maybe had shown me or maybe i found it myself of this reaction video of these fuckwits from buzzfeed being like this is disgusting i just i can't <laughs> watch this it's so oh. insulting yeah but Buzzfeed's i rewatched it because i was like worse. oh I don't remember it being that bad. And I was like, oh, this is fucking epic. Real good family times. Shout out to Crocodile. Yeah, right. Dude. Maybe I should check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Watch it. Watch it with the fam. Bring Wayno in. Everybody fucking loves it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. <laughs> well, I'll put that on my to-do list. <laughs> uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Oh, yeah, I came across this conspiracy theory that I wasn't going to talk about, but um, I can't even remember why I was going to talk about it now. Uh, what were we... We're talking about, um, like... China potentially invading Taiwan oh. um, and the US's current inability to intervene. Yeah, so they're a little lot, right? And then there's the mm -hmm. um, Trump's election fraud thing that he keeps wanking on about, you know, constantly. So I came across this thing last night and I was like, maybe, maybe not. I'll see if there's a news story tomorrow about it. And there isn't. So I was like, oh, probably nothing happened. But it's interesting that you bring that up. They found, uh, apparently, allegedly, some dude found out that you can um, cancel a ballot, like a mail-in ballot, by just requesting a new ballot uh, in several different states what? and all you need is the person's full name and uh date of birth and then you just take the ballot in uh as a signature and you can drop it at like different voter things um and then that's like it basically they don't check id apparently over there which My God. when i read that i was like now that that sounds a little shifty but in new zealand dude essentially the same thing. I got my like early voters ID card, which was not even an ID card. It was just like a fucking little thing with my name on it. Um, and there was no ID and I just walked into the voter uh, fucking, you know, place where you vote. Polling yeah, booth. Yeah, the polling booth. Um, they didn't check my ID or anything, man. They're just like, oh, Damon Ross. Yeah, I guess you look like a Damon Ross tick, you know? And then I just like voted and left and was kind of like, if I came back with another name, would you guys know? <laughs> like, you must have a lot of people. Yeah. Here. No one checked who if I was who I said I was. So, <clears throat> anyway, this happened, and uh, I don't know what the deal is or how true it is, but could you imagine if someone like China was like, all right, we're going to evade Taiwan, but we need to keep America busy in a clusterfuck. Um, let's fuck with the vote so they don't know who won and they're just going to be tied up in this mm. clusterfuck of like biden versus trump drama while they just enact their uh takeover like that's exactly the sort of thing that would enable them to um to really capitalize on like you know taiwan yeah you're right can you can you explain that just one more time please so were you saying that um ballots can be cancelled or made like null and void yep. if you request a new one yeah so is yep. that right so me as a voter in oregon um mm -hmm. if i cast my vote and then i request a new vote because you know i say oh i haven't received my vote so i want a new one they'll cancel the one they received and send me a new one and apparently they don't check id so you can go and drop in your new vote um, as someone else. So if you like did a batch canceling, you know, mm. right towards the end and people were sort of like, why the fuck am I getting this letter? I guess I'll just toss it away. You might just fuck up an entire like number of votes. Yeah. So you could conceivably, I mean, surely it can't be this simple, but it sounds like you could conceivably just like jump online or call up and just cancel everyone's vote. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, there's one way you could do it in New Zealand. And if prior to the election, I had gone around and picked out of every single person's letterbox their votes, and then I had just gone and dropped them at different voting stations uh, with, you know, and signed in as whoever that person was, I definitely mm. could have done that, man. 100%. No one was fucking checking. Yeah, ideas. of course. It was ridiculous. I couldn't mm. believe how lax the whole voting thing was here. You know? 
mental. And then there would be the interesting conundrum of, because, I, like, can you remind me, in New Zealand, is it compulsory to vote? No. To vote? No. Right. Yeah, okay, I was going to say. Well, I mean, even then, though, um, if those people had their voting cards taken out of their letterboxes or whatever, if someone else voted illegally on their behalf, they'd probably raise the alarm, but then it would be like, how do you prove that? Mm. Oh, they're not just fucking bullshit anymore. what do you do? What do you do? Do you yeah, cancel? You have a... Do you cancel? Do you redo the election? Like, what What a cluster. Mm. I guess one way you could possibly do it would be to still count everything. And then if the margin for error was, I mean, sorry, if the margin of the result was larger than the amount of reported stolen votes, then it wouldn't matter. You could just be like, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, I don't know. Jesus. Mm. Well, it's just... Um, we're just... Yeah, it's... I mean, it's all conjecture, but it's one of those things that, like... Um, well, not conjecture, but, you know, it's all maybe, maybe not. It does yeah, yeah. seem like a flaw, and it's one of those things that I noticed here that was definitely something that you could get away with 100%, you know, without a doubt. Like, do you think... Do you think that it would be too insecure to somehow come up with some system where we would just all vote online? Um, well, you just have to verify who you are, but that's a lot harder than people. It's not exactly like you just sign in. Mm. I mean, maybe if we had like a collective database of like, um, every single person and their email address, and there is a way to verify that me logging in is me. Um, in New Zealand, we have a system called like real me and it's reasonably secure, but also man, like, you know, putting it online, there's people out there who are so focused on like fucking hacking shit you don't want to fuck with them just do it in person i think it's like the the security Mm. required is far beyond anything that any like government organization can do we see like the best companies not the best but you know companies with like huge amounts of um capital behind them getting hacked like look at the twitter all the time this happened recently how fucked up was that yeah you know what i mean and if they can't even yeah. secure their own shit, like how can we be sure that someone's not going to go into, um, you know, a government system and hack it? So, you know, mm. I, I think it's a lot more complex than what could be pulled off. And I don't know if it's a better idea. Um, they should at least check fucking IDs. Though. That's the thing that I was sort of thrown off by, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Although then... <sighs> not everybody has a driver's I'm license just wondering. passport. Yeah, and another thing is, I guess, even if you're checking IDs, like, you would need to check that ID and then somehow communicate the information that this person has voted to every other polling booth in the com- in the country. Mm, true. Oh, but I guess you could, every uh, person at the polling booth could just have, like, a tablet. Um, yeah, they had a fucking sheet of paper and they just, like, ticked it off. <laughs> so fucking weird, man. I know, man. Yeah, it's real bizarre. It's like 1950. Yeah. I don't know how it works in the States, but a- anyway, that is like a interesting thing where it's a fucked up time, man. So like, you know, I'm yeah. in the next few weeks leading up to November 3rd and obviously with like the Australian elections and all the other weird shit going on, there's enough stuff happening that I'm kind of like nervous enough that I've sold out of my stack. So this week's pump and dump is cash. It's cash, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I've actually been having similar thoughts, hey, mm-hmm. like um, the maybe not in the su- uh, such near term, but I'm thinking like by the time all the stimulus runs out 
sort of like maybe March next year or some shit, like surely things cannot continue the way they are in terms of markets, mm. right? I don't, who fucking knows? Scrally thinks no, and I listen to him uh, over my own voice. My own voice is stupid. He's mm. smart. He does that shit for a living. He's made hundreds of millions of dollars, you know. Uh, a lot of people are saying that, like Ray Dalio's balls deep in gold, Warren Buffett's in gold. Like, you know, a lot of these fucking boomers are sort of like, very quietly selling out of major stuff you know and yeah like, they've missed a pretty significant jump up in the last month and a bit with you know obviously like the stock market highs and all that crap but i think they're like yeah their nervousness is like telling and they've been around yeah yeah the, like a lot of shit man like you think fucking warren buffett's like he's been there he's, how old is that motherfucker? He's 90, bro. jesus christ you know I mean? that's pretty that's like at what point, say if you're like Warren Buffett's son or some shit, I'm assuming he has mm. a son, um, would you be like, yo, dad, you're 90. Maybe sh you should stop making decisions about what to do with like tens of billions of dollars. Yeah. Or do you reckon you just let him go? You're like, whatever, man. Like you fucking lived your whole life making the right decision. You're 90, but just like <laughs> maybe you've got one more in you. I think he's still <laughs> doing pretty good, but it's a reasonable question, eh? Like, I mean, if he has um, like a very quick uh senior moment <laughs> shall we say yeah. um and decides to do something drastic yeah that would fuck the market pretty big you know but uh, whatever who cares market doesn't who gives a shit at this point right <laughs> like it doesn't fucking matter anymore uh, the market's been like fucked every way possible it's ruined one more fucking yeah, from buffett only goes up. yeah yeah it's just like it's not even gonna care it's just too it's all fucked out you know isn't it fucking mental that like we just have this this entity that like exists in our world called the market it's like this all pervasive powerful fucking thing that is like beyond the control of like any one group of people and it's just this like uh, uh yeah. evolving shape-shifting life-wrecking entity yeah it's horrendous like, <laughs> the fact that that is fucking like, weird man everybody's retirement funds are pretty much locked up in it you know and it's just at the mercy of traders and people like warren buffett you know like yeah this is the thing that like nasim talib talks about like having a single point of failure or you know like the fact that people who sort of make big decisions in the marketplace work on faulty information and faulty models so it's always mm. going to crash it always is just inevitable that it's always going to build inefficiencies and it's always going to like you know become weak and fall over because it never gets rid of its own uh you know shit it's never like it doesn't clean itself so yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah. i get yeah. you um does uh nasim talib have a blog of some sort uh, you can just check his twitter but yeah he's got a really good blog as well but you know his books are brilliant his um because I listen, uh, I listen to a couple of podcasts with him, and um, like I should just be more tolerant, but his voice, man, drives me fucking crazy. He's really hard to listen to. Yeah. Um, which he's got yeah, that like thick Middle Eastern uh, accent or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Where where is he? Lebanon. Right. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to uh, the LBN. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they're okay now after that fucking thing blew up. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. I mean, I guess it's they're just still living in rubble, um, yeah. similar to the way Christchurch just was Christchurch. It's depressingly, um, 
Yeah, exactly. It's still rubble everywhere. You guys still get, like, some fucking earthquakes there from time to time? Nah, dude. Nah. That must be nice. Yeah, but, you know, now you just have to live with the You know, I still, like... So. <laughs> I still fucking trip out from time to time when... Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a, an example. Um, if someone nearby uses, like, a massive, like, power tool or some shit, and there's like vibrating through a wall or whatever and like a building shakes like i still have this like fucking fight or flight response whenever something like that happens man i like yeah i jump and like get to like i'm thinking like run outside it's but, a shame that nobody yeah. cares about it whenever i talk <laughs> about it because it was kind of like i get the same thing man in fact a truck drove past earlier today um and i like and it shook the house when i went past and i mm. like jump as well yeah just used to it yeah. at this point but you know whenever i talk to someone about like oh i was in the croatia earthquakes they're just kind of like just are beyond disinterested okay. to the point of annoyed that i brought it up <laughs> yeah I mean, most people don't even know like what they are i don't know if you say the christchurch earthquakes they're like what's christchurch yeah exactly <laughs> even in this um, world, uh, yeah i normally like if, if um someone's like why did you move to australia i I'm like, oh, well, like, the city I lived in was destroyed by an earthquake. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, well, it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Um. Isn't that weird? I, I like to think that if someone told me that their city was destroyed or some shit, that I'd be more engaged. But every time I've had that conversation, it's just fallen flat on its face. And it's like, yeah, you know, maybe they just want that, like, that weird dude in the bar to stop talking to them. Go dude, can else. you imagine, like... Look at the kind of social media response that would happen now if the Christchurch earthquakes happened like tomorrow. Oh. Just like all of the the yeah. Instagram uh, outpourings and everyone's fucking, um, you know, virtue signaling. I stand yeah, with man. Christchurch. We'd get an Imagine cover all kind from of all the celebrities. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I still feel like someone probably owes me money for the earthquake. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Where's my bailout air? Like that... That is a good point, actually. I kind of feel like that. Well, I mean, there's like a lot of money here now. Uh, and I think it's a lot of building companies capitalized on it. So, you know, clearly some yeah, people have done very, sure. very well after the Christchurch earthquakes. And good for them, I guess. Um, haven't seen mm. that trickle down anywhere. Still costs fucking 10 bucks for a beer <laughs> yeah. here. So, you know, nothing subsidized. Fucking rough, man. Yeah, whatever. Um, well... Let's call yep. it. This has been one of the most disjointed, casual episodes of Modern Guilt <laughs> that I think we've done thus far. Um, for better or worse, we'll see what people say, I suppose. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, make sure you check out the show notes. Um, we'll provide links to uh, articles, videos, and mm. sources for some of the shit that we talked about. Um, it's actually always a legitimately good read, so you should do it. Yeah. Like, we're not doing it for no reason. It's, you'll learn some Especially shit. this week. There's some goodies in there. Um, mm -hmm. Shout out to Screlly. Keep yeah. in jail. That was a scintillating, I would even say. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, cool. So um, just a couple of little notes. Um, last week, we had uh, Michael Hudson publish a couple of good pieces on the website so hit up www.modernguilt.net to have a read of those um i think 
this week or the next our um, episode that we did for Michael's radio show at eight is dropping. So uh, keep your ears peeled for that and we'll make sure that we share it when it comes along. Um, other than that, I think we're good, yeah, right? Yeah, keep listening. At some point, check out our Act of Killing um, uh, bonus episode coming bonus up. Bonus extravaganza. Yeah. All the atrocities I need to watch a man that. needs <laughs> Indonesia. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, follow us on Instagram at Modern Guilt Pod. Email us modernguiltpod at gmail.com. Share, subscribe. We're on Twitter all as that well. Shit. We'll start posting at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Just, so, yeah. Guilt um, Modern. Guilt underscore modern is uh, who we are. I'm so fucking salty that modern guilt was taken. Was it? Do we have to kill someone to get I don't it? know. It's just this, like, auto-generated, you... and I was kind of like, oh, that's pretty funny. I haven't actually Yeah, no, it's taken. Oh, okay, that sucks. Because I searched Modern Guilt, yeah. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> maybe we can try and, uh, yeah, kidnap someone and take their Twitter handle or some shit. Um, just harass them on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dox everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to stop doxing people until we get the Twitter yeah. handle we deserve. <laughs> Uh, oh, by the way, uh, John McAfee is accepting uh, uh, press inquiries. Well, I think it's time that the biggest um, uh, pod in... <laughs> Independent media juggernaut in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking 100%. Let's hit him up. We should help Shkreli as well. Yeah. He won't accept. Yeah, it but... sounds like he's pretty fucking locked yeah, down. Yeah. 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 Uh, we should, though. We should. So, <laughs> yeah. So... At guilt underscore modern is the modern guilt Twitter. Um, you can get mine as well if you want. At dos dos did it. So there you go. All right. All right. Uh, let's call it. See you later. later. Thanks for listening. Thank you.